Good morning. Actually, good afternoon. That's always a great start, isn't it? Boy, you can tell the kind of day and week that Bill's having. Uh, actually, it hasn't been that bad, so I can't just uh, write it off to that. So I'm just going to write it off to Bill being Bill. And uh, yeah, I did that on purpose to give you a little chuckle and a smile today. It's a rainy day in Tyler, Texas, in Northeast Texas. Some spots more than others. We have some flash flood uh, watches out there. So by all means, be careful if you're in bad weather conditions and uh, hope that uh, you are having a really good day. I'm excited about these lessons. We're going through the Daily Bible by F. Lagarde Smith. And we find ourselves uh, this week in the book of Proverbs, very deep into the book. We started looking at that last Thursday. And we'll continue that uh, today and a little bit on Thursday. Then we'll get into the Song of Solomon and then that great book of Ecclesiastes before we say goodbye uh, to King Solomon. You remember that when he became king, God told him, hey, ask anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he said, I would like to be wise. I'd like to have a discerning mind. And so God blessed him because of that very unselfish request and made him the wisest man of his generation, I think perhaps whoever lived, although he didn't always act that way. And we'll find out some more about that as we finish out his study. But one of the things that he shared in his wisdom was the book of Proverbs. And we began that look last week, as I said. Proverbs is a, a, a type of literature, as we said. It's wisdom literature, which means that you don't read it like you would read the Gospel of John or the book of Acts, a narrative. The Gospel of John, a gospel, a Genesis, a narrative. Uh, uh, the book of Revelation, apocalyptic, that's its own genre. But you have wisdom literature, and Proverbs is some of that. And it's devotional. It is sharing the call to fear the Lord. And we talked about that on Thursday. So as we continue on, I'm going to be reading through some of the Proverbs that are shared in the study as we go through each of the days. I'm going to start today on May the 18th. So if you're following along in your um, F. Lagarde Smith book, The Daily Bible, then you can find May the 18th. And I'll try to uh, mention whichever verses that I'll be sharing. I'm starting in Proverbs 3. And if you have your Bible open, then it may be a little bit difficult to keep up, but I'll do my very best to let you uh, follow along with me. Uh, as we said before, most of the time, the Proverbs do not have a consistent context. Typically, every verse has its own context and its own topic, its own subject. But there is a thread that runs all the way through, and that is fearing the Lord and living according to the wise rather than the foolish. Uh, for, the, for Proverbs and for all of the wisdom literature, the wise person is the person who fears God, who holds God in high reverence and uh, uh, loves him enough and respects him enough that, that they will live obediently to his word. And so as we continue on throughout this section, as you know, if you've been reading uh, in the Daily Bible, it's arranged topically, which I think is very helpful as you read through the book of Proverbs. We're in the part on May the 18th that talks about sharing and responding to wisdom. Very appropriate. And so these first two verses, Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2, talk about uh, are the first part of the section, advice and rebuke. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching. 
but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. So again, a couple of reminders about the Proverbs. They are general statements that are pretty much typically true, but they do have exceptions. This is an example. Uh, If you give your life to the teaching of God and you hold his commands in your heart, then very likely your life will be blessed and your life will be longer. Uh, However, we know that there are exceptions to that. And sometimes your years are not prolonged and sometimes you do not have peace and prosperity. Uh, and sometimes that comes about simply because you of your uh, faith in Christ. But the wise man in Proverbs says, typically speaking, if you hold God's commands in your heart, then uh, it'll go better for you, not just eternally, but in this life as well. And that is generally true, almost always true. Uh, another thing that we see in here is the call in the Old Testament to serve God from your heart. It's not like that that's the only thing that's talked about in the New Testament and not in the Old Testament, but rather God calls us to serve him wholeheartedly. And we have seen that in the Psalms and we are seeing that in Proverbs uh, as well. We go forward a little bit and look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. (laughs) Again, very simple statements, very much proverbial wisdom, like talking to your grandparents. And in this case, it's, hey, you know, you can think that you have all the answers, but it's a wise person who will actually be willing to listen to advice. And that is certainly true. These words in Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6, you've probably heard this passage. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies multiplies kisses. Better open rebuke than hidden love. Uh, it's such a great, great statement. It's good to be truthful with each other. Uh, it's it's better to tell how you feel. It's better to tell the truth. And so even if it's a difficult conversation to have, it's still one that should be had. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. What a great statement. And then chapter 27, verse 17, another familiar passage. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It was a very key verse when I was in North Carolina and we were working with a men's program and a men's ministry. We used this passage, iron sharpening iron. That's what two friends will do. That's what two brothers or sisters in Christ will do to try to help us sharpen one another. That's not always easy, uh, but it is the right thing to do. Proverbs 11, verse 14, For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. And so we pray for our leaders, and we pray uh, that our president and others will have good counsel and good advisors around them, and will listen to that guidance. Uh, this passage is one that the writer of Hebrews looks back on. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Remember, discipline is related to the word disciple, which is the word learner. And disciplining someone is not just punishing him, but but it's teaching them. Sometimes that teaching is negative in the form of punishment, but sometimes that teaching is positive. 
And in this case, of course, it's talking about the Lord's affliction. It's talking about that negative punishing form of discipline. But as it says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. If the Lord didn't care whether we were saved or lost eternally, then it wouldn't matter to him. But because it matters to him, because he loves us, then he's going to put everything in our lives to try to turn us more faithfully toward him. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And speaking of discipline and punishment, this verse, Proverbs 13, 24, uh, you might want to listen closely because you've likely quoted it wrongly. Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. First of all, let me say this is no excuse for abuse. This is not saying to, that child abuse is okay because the Bible tells me so. It does not tell you so. Abuse is always, always, always wrong, whether it's domestic abuse from a husband to a wife or parental child abuse from a parent to a child. It is absolutely wrong and sinful every single time. There is simply no justification for it at all. None. Zero. Zero. Uh, what this passage is talking about is that positive form of discipline that may involve punishment may very well involve punishment in old testament days and very likely in your growing up days in most families even today uh, an occasional spanking was a right thing an appropriate thing if it's done appropriately and out of love and under control never discipline punish your child when you have lost control that's absolutely a danger zone but remember that we've quoted this passage uh, spare the rod spoil the child but that's actually not what scripture says scripture says whoever spares the rods hates the child why again because the lord disciplines those he loves and a loving parent will be willing to do the hard things which is tell their child no and sometimes punish them because of their inappropriate and even dangerous behavior. We're not doing them any favors by rewarding them and uh, uh, helping them to accept uh, inappropriate and wrong behavior, even sinful behavior. It is right to punish our children appropriately again, but when they do wrong, they need to know that life has consequences. And their behavior has consequences, and it's important for them to learn that very early on. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Um, some other passages, this one in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Uh, another familiar passage that has brought a lot of grief, unfortunately. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it, the familiar translation. And parents have endured a lot of grief and guilt because they're saying, oh, my child grew up and left the Lord and left the church and never looked back, and it's my fault because Scripture says if I had done a better job giving them that foundation, they would not have turned away from it. Well, I don't know of any perfect parent. I don't know of anyone who has done that parenting thing perfectly. Certainly I haven't. But what this passage is saying, again, is a general statement. Generally speaking, if we train up a child in the way they should go, uh, they will not depart from it when they get older. But one of the things we need to remember is that it's not just up to us as parents, just as it was not just up to God and to Jesus Christ with his apostles. 
It was up to them. And it's up to our children as well as they get older. Now, granted, we can help this ma- this matter. We won't do it perfectly, but we can parent faithfully. And a big part of that is gathering the church around us and getting involved with other young families that are raising their kids as well so that we can glean encouragement from each other. Joyce and I had a wonderful resource group of dear, dear friends who are still dear friends in Arlington, Texas at Woodland West Church of Christ when our kids were growing up and some of their best friends are still go back to those days as they grew up at Woodland West. Well, I think it's important for us to remember that we give our kids every chance, but we also know that ultimately it's going to be their decision whether they should follow God or not. Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Again, not abuse, not talking about being abusive. Uh, Obviously, this is written in in a very uh, cultural context that encouraged that kind of punishment. But whatever is the appropriate way of doing that, that doesn't abuse the child, but that helps them to know, one, that they are loved, and two, that we love them enough to help uh, guide them on the path that they should go, then that kind of discipline will save that child. Uh, Perhaps from physical death, by helping them live their lives uh, in a better way, but also certainly spiritual death. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Another verse that's taken uh, mistranslated, Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, people perish. That's the familiar translation, but actually that's not a very good translation because the meaning behind the scripture is where there is no revelation, where there is, where there is no uh, concern for the word of God, for the direction that God's revelation brings, then that's when people cast off restraint because they need that word of God. Blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. We've talked about wisdom as we've gone through Proverbs. Chapter 28, verse 13. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. A great, great reminder. We talked about this with King David as he talked about his own story in Psalm 32 and his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah saying, hey, when I kept it to myself, I was, it was eating me up inside until I went to the Lord and sought his mercy. A great uh, reminder uh, there. Well, we continue on, and um, here's one from chapter 11, uh, verse 20. The Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse, but he delights in those whose ways are blameless. Again, another reminder that the Old Testament, even the book of Proverbs, is concerned about our hearts. Proverbs 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. Again, we're very mindful of that in our nation, and we see a lot of things wrong. I think we've always seen things wrong. But it does appear that we are on the wrong track as a nation. And we're very concerned for our country, for our communities, for our world. And we ask God to bless our leaders and to bless us to have a good part in that. Uh, And this passage tells us how important that is. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. 
Proverbs 15, verse 9, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. What a great statement. Proverbs 28, verse 12, When the righteous triumph, there is great elation, but when the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. Again, we pray for our leaders that they would be righteous and that, uh, and we know how difficult it is for a nation whose rulers are unrighteous. Um, okay, we're going to keep on going and looking at some others that will give us uh, uh, some good insight into the wisdom of Proverbs. We'll look at May the 19th. Now starting at May the 19th, in chapter 16 and verse 2, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. The Lord judges by motive, by the heart. We can't do that necessarily, and so we need to be careful about condemning others, but the Lord, of course, knows. Chapter 17, verse 3, the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. What a great, great statement in the middle of the Old Testament in Proverbs 17, verse 3. Chapter 21, verse 2, a person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Uh, whatever a person thinks may or may not be true, uh, but the Lord knows what is true. Chapter 21, verse 3, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And we're reminded of those great statements that God gave to Saul, King Saul, through Samuel. Uh, to obey is better. Uh, Micah chapter 6, Hosea chapter 6, um, the Lord desires mercy above even uh, sacrifices commanded by the law. He's not telling us don't do them, but he's saying don't let those external acts of worship uh, be a, uh, something that gets in the way of doing what is right and just. Jesus said the second great commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we're not doing that one, then we might better pay attention to that. Uh, we continue on in chapter 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Integrity is a very important thing. Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Chapter 16, verse 6. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. Again, from Proverbs 3, write these commandments on the tablet of your heart. And let your life be one of love and faithfulness, as chapter 16 says. Proverbs 10, verse 12, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs, much like what Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 12. Chapter 17, verse 5, whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. We think that whoever takes advantage of the poor shows contempt for the poor, but that's not what scripture says. What scripture says is when we treat the poor in an unloving way, we're showing contempt for their master, for their creator, for the Lord God. A very uh, important message. Chapter 25, verses 21 and 22, another passage that Paul borrows in Romans chapter 12. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. 
In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. I like to say that typically in my mind, I would rather just dump a bucket of burning coals on their head. But what scripture says and what Paul follows up this scripture with in Romans 12 is, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, leave the revenge and the vengeance uh, to God and let him vindicate you in his time. Even if you don't see it, you can trust that he will do that ultimately. Proverbs 11 verses 16 and 17. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain, on gain only wealth. It's interesting that it doesn't claim that ruthless men won't get rich. They might, but they won't find honor. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. So it helps others and it helps us to be kind uh, rather than selfish and cruel. Chapter 16, verse 5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I think that's what that passage is talking about also the pure in heart and the poor in spirit chapter 16 verses 18 and 19 a passage that is borrowed from paul in first corinthians chapter 10 pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before a fall paul remembers that verse and says let the one who thinks that they stand be careful that they don't fall in proverbs 10 or in first corinthians 10 that verse proverbs 16 verses 18 and 19 chapter 20 verse 9 who can say i have kept my heart pure i am clean and without sin the answer to the rhetorical question no one in romans 3 all have sinned and fall short of god's glory but the good news of the gospel in romans 3 is because of that all sinners are open and have the uh, ability to turn to god in faith and receive that forgiveness Chapter 22, verse 4, same theme. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Rather than living a life of pride in spirit, this is calling us to live a life of humility in the fear of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. Uh, what a great, great statement. Let someone else praise you rather than praising yourself. Our selfish pride wants us to do it that way. But the wise man in Proverbs says better to let someone else do that. Um, teaching against envy is found throughout the book of Proverbs. In chapter 14, verse 30, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Isn't that true? Contentment is a great, great blessing. We just don't seem to be content these days. And that's when envy comes in. Uh, scripture tells us that uh, in a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy uh, rots the bones. And that's exactly the truth. Envy does that. Turning to May 20th now, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control you read a lot about self-control in proverbs don't you yeah and that's one of the first verses that talk about that chapter 14 verses 16 and 17 uh, the wise fear the lord and shun evil but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure 
A lot in there about self-control, including controlling the temper. And granted, some have a harder time than others for that, but that doesn't make it, that doesn't give them permission uh, to give in. Uh, scripture calls us to control our temper and not be hot-headed. Chapter 16, verse 32, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Sometimes we don't need that high D, dominant type 1 person that can come in and just take control and just mop everything up. Um, scripture says that it's better to find a person that is more stable, that is patient, uh, rather than someone that would come in and take over the city. Uh, I think we get that. A lot in, in Proverbs about drunkenness and gluttony. Um, for example, in chapter 23, around verse 30 or so, it says, Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Might look good in that glass, might even taste good for a bit, but all it does is ruin your life. And I know that firsthand from my own family's history. And I think that you do too uh, from those that you know. And so don't look at it while it's sparkling in the cup, the wise man says. Look at it when it destroys your life. Satan doesn't tell us that at the beginning. He doesn't want us to know that. He doesn't want us to think about that. And so the wise person will remember it. Lots of scripture in Proverbs speak against adultery. For example, these words in Proverbs chapter 5, around verse 3 or 4. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Uh, skipping to over to chapter 5, around verse 8. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Uh, throughout chapters 4 and 5, it talks about um, adultery and it speaks against it and it says uh, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth uh, good uh, commands and examples uh, for all of us uh, to remember uh, in chapter 6 at towards the end of the chapter it says this can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched so is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. Uh, again, Satan doesn't tell us how that's all going to end, but that's how it all ends. And it destroys our lives and the lives of others, including the lives of our family that we want so much, so desperately uh, to be a good example for. Well, as we turn to May 21st, we're getting to control of the tongue, and there is so much in Proverbs about controlling our speech. Chapter 14, verse 3, A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Uh, that's such a great, great statement. In chapter 16, verse 23, The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. Perhaps Jesus was thinking of this verse when he said during his ministry uh, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 16, verse 23 again, the hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. Uh, it comes from the heart and then it goes out the mouth. You want to know what your heart looks like according to Proverbs and according to Jesus? Consider what you say and how you say it. 
and how you talk about others and the language that you use. Such an important, important thing. And it's a window into our hearts. Proverbs 23, verses 15 and 16. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad indeed. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Why would he so rejoice when uh, that son's lips speak what is right? Because it's an indication of what is in their heart. Uh, we see that throughout the book of Proverbs. Chapter 15, verse 28. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Uh, think before you speak. Be sure brain is engaged before putting mouth in gear. Have you heard that saying? <laughs> Sounds like something Proverbs would say. Chapter 27, verse 14. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. I love that statement. It's Proverbs 27, verse 14. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Don't talk so loud early in the morning. Probably wise not to speak loud without necessity at any time, but especially in the morning. No matter what you intend, it won't be received well <laughs> and then this verse another verse that is so true and so hilarious chapter 17 verse 28 even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues james the new testament proverbs as you've heard me call it uh, says be quick uh, to hear quick to listen slow to speak uh, that's the way we should do it even fools are thought wise if they will keep silent, Proverbs says. And then chapter 15, verse 1, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. What a great statement, Proverbs 15, verse 1. Uh, a gentle word, uh, ans a gentle answer turns away wrath, and a harsh word stirs up anger. Do you want to stir up anger, or do you want to promote peace? Uh, scripture tells us that your speech will have a lot to do about that. Chapter 16, verse 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Um, if you're a pot stirrer, then quit. Stop stirring the pot because all it's doing is feeding your pride and causing others' lives to be more miserable and causing your life to be more miserable too. Chapter 16, verse 28 again. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Chapter 20, verse 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. And you know who they are, right? You learn that that's not a person that you can trust. Chapter 26, verse 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Watch what you say. Promote peace rather than inciting quarrels and conflict. Uh, such an important point. Chapter 26, verse 21. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. That's not our purpose. It's not to kindle strife. Yes, confront. Jesus did that at times. And that's okay when it's called for. And if it's done humbly and in love. But if that's just your personality, if you just like to stir the pot, if you just like to uh, see the fires get set, because of your gossip or your words, um, then you need to repent. Chapter 17, verse 20. One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse 
falls into trouble. Um, certainly, certainly true. And then the last day we'll look at today is the readings from May 22nd. May 22nd, uh, this past Sunday's reading, and then we're going to continue on and finish out uh, these Proverbs and take a look at Song of Solomon or Song of Songs on Thursday. Uh, Proverbs 1, uh, beginning or reading verse 10, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Do not give in to them. They may entice you, but you don't have to go along with them. Later on in chapter 1, it says, These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. That is exactly right. Exactly true. Proverbs 3, verses 31 and 32. Do not enjoy, do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. For the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. Uh, there's really no place for that kind of violence, for that kind of anger, for that kind of, of behavior, that it goes against the purpose of God. God takes the upright into his confidence. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 22, Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will avenge you, just as we quoted earlier from Proverbs and from Romans 12. Wait for the Lord and he will avenge you. We know, we've heard the saying, I don't get mad, I get even. Well, that may be a very American thing, certainly a very human thing. It's not a very godly thing. It's not a very Christian thing. But rather, we let God even things out. And even if we don't see it happen, we know that one day he will even the score and we will be vindicated. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. I love these lists in Proverbs. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. So this is the thou shalt not list. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Scripture says these are things the Lord hates, hates in Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, chapter 26, verse 17. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. <laughs> Don't you love that? Grabbing a stray dog by the ears, you may just get bit. And that's the same thing with someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. I remember Dr. Charles Seibert, wonderful minister to ministers, uh, talking about the triangulation, triangling yourself into a conflict that you have no business getting into. Uh, sometimes it's best to stay out and to let the two parties uh, duke it out between them because when you step in, you might get bit, first of all, but also when you step in, you may not be able to do what needs to ha make happen, what needs to happen, which is the two of them uh, get with each other and, and work things out. Sometimes the third party is very important. It can be very helpful. But even then, that person's role is to facilitate those two who are at odds and in conflict to work it out between them. Um, uh, don't rush into a conflict that's not your own, Proverbs says. Chapter 26, verses 18 and 19. Like a maniac shooting flame, flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. Yes, that is in the Bible, Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. 
If you feel like you have permission to speak poorly to others and to say things that run them down and discourage them and make them stumble in their faith, and then when called upon it, you say, oh, no, 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 I was only joking. That's wrong. It's just flat wrong. Find something else to joke about. Uh, Don't joke about uh, that person in a way that disparages them. That's just not right. It's sinful, and it's condemned in Scripture. And it doesn't help. Scripture calls us to be encouraging. The end of Ephesians chapter 4 says, Don't let any discouraging word come out of your mouth. Anything that will cause your brother or sister to stumble, as Romans says, but rather only words that lift them up. And saying, I was only joking, I didn't mean it, is no excuse and no justification. It's like a flaming arrow that you're you're shooting uh, at them. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 27, The greedy bring ruin to their households, but the one who hates brides will live. There's a great call for justice and integrity and honesty in the book of Proverbs. And that verse brings that out. This one does as well. Proverbs 12, verse 17, An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. Another thing about Proverbs is that you're shaking your head thinking, well, of course, that's so obvious. And yet, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget and are tempted to be that false witness. Proverbs 25, verse 18, Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. Again, tell the truth. Tell the truth. And don't gossip. Proverbs 18, verse 17, In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and (laughs) cross-examines. I love that verse because it reminds me of that episode of Gilligan's Island. Yes, Gilligan's Island, where Gilligan is listening to the skipper and he says, you know, skipper, that's a pretty good point. And then Ginger says something, you know, Ginger's got a pretty good point too. And the professor comes in and you see how this goes. Finally, the skipper looks at Gilligan, pops him on the head with his hat as he always does and says, Gilligan, everyone can't have a good point. And Gilligan thinks for a minute and says, well, you know, skipper, That's a pretty good point. (laughs) Well, Scripture says, you know, it sounds good until someone else brings in the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey might have said. So be sure that you listen to all sides uh, and be sure that you listen to all the good points that are involved. Uh, Chapter 17, verse 15, acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. Uh, Acquitting the guilty is bad, Uh, Condemning the innocent, just as bad. The Lord detests them both. Chapter 21, verse 15, When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Paul brings that out in Romans 13. Peter does in 1 Peter 2. We see that throughout Scripture in several places that uh, we're called upon to respect the authorities. And as Paul says in Romans 13, look, if you, you, you want to not be afraid of the, of the civil authorities, then don't break the law. <laughs> don't break the law. Unless, of course, breaking the law is what you have to do in order to not break God's law. That's a different situation altogether. But thankfully, in this country, that's hardly ever the case. And don't use that as an excuse. Uh, but Scripture says, look, if, if you're acting inju- unjustly, if you're breaking the law, then yeah, you're going to be afraid. If you're speeding and you see that police officer, that uh, law enforcement uh, car's lights go on, then, well, there you go. 
You want to not be afraid when you see a, a police car or a sheriff's deputy's car? Then obey the law. Obey the law. It's just that simple. Chapter 24, verses 23 through 25. These also are sayings of the wise. To show partiality in judging is not good. Whoever says to the guilty, you are innocent, will be cursed by peoples and denounced by the nations. But it will go well with those who convict the guilty. The rich and the rich blessing will come on them. And, uh, and so it's, again, act with justice. When you're in a position of authority, act with justice. Uh, do justly, as uh, that great statement in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Uh, says, love mercy, uh, act with justice, and walk humbly with your God. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 26, and we'll end the study with this verse. Many seek an audience with the ruler, but it is from the Lord that one gets justice. A wise statement indeed, something good for us to remember when we don't get justly treated in this life. We can know in our hearts that the Lord sees and the Lord knows. Uh, it is from the Lord that one gets justice. I look forward to finishing out our readings through some of the verses in the book of Proverbs on Thursday. We'll take a quick look at the Song of Solomon. And, uh, and then I'm looking forward, especially next week, to taking a look at the book of Ecclesiastes. A very wonderful and challenging and uplifting study. I pray that God will bless you and I will see you on Thursday.